0: Welcome to the Pillars of Health podcast with resident strength coach, John Carroll. The Pillars of Health is on a quest to help you gain insight into the best ways you can manage stress, sleep, exercise, and nutrition in order to live your best life. Stay up to date with the Pillars of Health podcast by checking out our Facebook and Instagram pages, as well as coachjohncarroll.com.
1: All right, welcome to the Pool of Health. We are talking to Alex Tansky today on exercise as a stress reliever or stress amplifier, question mark. <laughs> welcome, Alex.
0: Uh, it's great to be back on, John.
1: How's the weather down in North Carolina?
0: Dude, it is hot. We went from like a nice like little spring to like a dead summer, <laughs> and it's... Um, uh, 94 today. Supposed to be maybe 96 tomorrow. It's uh, it's wonderful. I'm in central air conditioning, which is uh, which is nice.
1: That's, that's a lifesaver yeah. right there.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, Boston on the other hand is flirting with the 70s and then back to the low 60s, high 50s. So your average type of Boston weather. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Throwing some rain. Yeah,
1: rain and then sleeting snow and then. 80 degrees on Monday. Before we get into today's topic, let's go ahead and get a nice little icebreaker question going. And I wanted to see what type of shoe you prefer for maybe whenever you're on the floor for long hours standing or just maybe general wearing round are most comfortable for you. What make a shoe is your go-to?
0: So I might nerd out here for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I think when I, when I first started, it was, and I think this was back in like 20. 2013, 2014, I think when like the, the Minimus shoe was really big. So that's I was a really big like New Balance Minimus fan. Right. Um, and then as I've learned more, now it tends to be something that has a lot more support and a lot more cushion because I think it was really just putting me in some um, not-so-great patterns for stuff so I'm trying to think of the shoe I have now I think I had something I had asics for a while and now I'm trying to think of what I have let me pick up a shoe and look at it now it's basically a, a version of a brooks shoe so okay. there's a um there's a shoe list that um I'm sure you know about and uh, I'm not sure if all the listeners know about it, but it's a shoe list by um, the Postural Restoration Institute. And it's basically about like the best shoes for you. Um, and it gives you a bunch of whole different things to look for and stuff like that. So it kind of helps you pick out a good shoe. But I think as soon as I started going by that list, I was like, I thought I had comfortable shoes. And then it was like, oh, my God, I can wear these shoes all day, every day. Yeah. And they're so much better. So so that, just to kind of nerd out, it's a little bit, little bit of a long story, but yeah.
1: No, I totally agree, because the uh, that shoe list from Postural Restoration Institute, I've probably sent that to 20 people.
0: Yeah. You know, yep.
1: and they've gone and purchased a shoe and then come back and say, this is amazing compared to what I was wearing, so.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think, and I think there's, and tell me if I'm wrong, I think there's like four things that they tell you to look for of just like where a shoe folds, what type of support like the angle of um of the shoe a whole bunch of things
1: yeah yeah basically if your shoe is able to bend in the middle it's probably not doing the job for you exactly yep
0: (laughs) yep which was probably why i had some bad cases of uh plantar fasciitis back when i started coaching
1: (laughs) well there was the minimus craze and then I, you know, for me personally, being a bit of a sneakerhead, I'm not a full-on in-depth sneakerhead, but I was like, yeah, I'd love to wear some Air Max 95s, you know, in the gym. I literally wore them for like maybe three hours, and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a, this is impossible. Oh, man. That's, so I actually just had to Google them because I was like, I don't know what those are. Yeah, but. It's, it's a pretty thick heel. And there's, not much,
1: there's not much going on regards like, what your foot can do, so... Yeah, yep. Uh, all show and no go, as they say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably the perfect description for that, too.
1: <laughs> Our topic today, exercise as a stress reliever or stress amplifier. And we're going to start off with a reference to why zebras don't get ulcers and kind of fill us in, Alex, as to why this has a big bearing on what we're talking about today.
0: So, yes, yeah, so I, I mean, I so I initially read the book, um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, I think back in like 2012 and it was and to 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 the title of the book it talks about a little bit more of like why he, my most zebras don't get ulcers and it's basically about how they don't have the types of brains that we do where we are constantly inundated with stress uh, about like thinking about a mortgage thinking about our job thinking about whatever whatever might be impending and that's a constant stressor for us where it'll affect our sleep even when we're just relaxing it's stuff that we think about where someone not someone something (laughs) like a zebra where it's just only really has to fear getting eaten or relaxing Um, they don't have the that kind of frontal cortex where they can really think about all this type of stuff so um, they're they're a lot more able to go fight or flight or rest and digest so because they can switch back and forth so easily uh, they don't have that constant stressors where we are going to have all that type of stuff. So, And it just talks about how it impacts your recovery, how it impacts your exercise. And the whole book, I'm reading it, it's talk- talking about all the negative effects of stress. And <laughs> I said in my, uh, my article, I came away, I was like, oh, dear God, I'm <laughs> going to die early. What can I do? Ah, it's inevitable. <laughs>
1: That's exactly the same response I had. I was like, I've I've gotta change some stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh exactly. I was like, I'm going to bed at eight PM now. <laughs> I'm waking up at nine AM and I'm only gonna eat like X, Y, and Z and right. everything. So but yeah, but and it it talks a little bit in the last chapter about how to just relax a little more and I think a lot of us tend to know how much of a priority sleep and being able to de-stress and all that stuff is, but I think just for a variety of reasons, we don't do it or we, lo- we lose track of like, oh no, this really is important and here's why. And a book, the book does a good job explaining all of that.
1: Yeah. I'm actually a couple of days away from heading to Ireland on vacation to catch up with some family and friends and I've been tracking my heart rate variability, as you know, and I'm interested to see how it compares when I get back home because... My parents just live around like rolling green fields and no neighbors, so I might yes. go up.
0: <laughs> yes. Having having never been to Ireland, all I imagine is just like fields, like big rolling green fields, like you said, and just like like petting sheep. That's, that that's, all, that's all I imagine.
1: <laughs> Sadly, you're quite accurate. <laughs> Literally, my uh, sister lives, you know and surrounded by fields whatever and you know we, there's a farmer he has horses next door and the horses will come up to the fence and you can pet them and all this type of stuff so everything you'd expect yeah
0: oh yeah that sounds amazing
1: so getting into stress and the relationship with energy what's necessarily a negative of you know going to work doing everything you can do at work you're in traffic you're putting up with all these mini stressors we have littered throughout our day, and then you're going to go into the gym and just crank it. Why may that not be the best approach?
0: Right. So, I think the difference is, and this is something I saw recently from uh, from our other buddy Chris Mullins, where he tweeted something about the difference between stressors when you're at work or when you're at when you're exercising. It's really intense because our body can't distinguish between the stressors. And that's something that the book, why zebras don't get ulcers kind of points out um, because our brain might think it's different, but as physiologically, even if say, say we're up working to like 2am on a deadline, we're still, you know, mobilizing energy we're still having that same kind of hormone response as if we're being chased by a predator if something if it's that important not to be true too dramatic but um (laughs) it's going to still bring that same type of response where it's just over a prolonged period of time where if we were actually getting chased by something it would be just like a, a rush and then we'd probably be able to chill out so the difference is when we exercise we're doing the exact same thing um, because our body is going under that same physiological stress. Um, the only difference is cognitively cognitively we know, like, oh, this is something I'm doing to try and work out all the stress that I have in my mind. But physiologically, that's why you see people when they're under times of a lot of stress and then they go through these hard workouts, why you know, they just get burned out really quickly, why people that don't sleep and they go through these hard workouts, they have a higher susceptibility to be injured and all of this stuff kind of just just kind of creates a snowball effect where because we can't distinguish our body can't physiologically distinguish between the two different types of stressors it's um it just gets to be too much and we start to just kind of break down over the long term
1: yeah so to simplify the whole process if we're talking about the autonomic nervous system as one giant package and then we split into your sympathetic uh stimuli on your parasympathetic what's the difference there
0: the so the sympathetic system is really that fight-or-flight system so the uh, if we if we didn't have all these other stressors in our life we'd be able to like you know be fight-or-flight when we had to and then just kind of turn that off and turn on our parasympathetic system which is that rest and digest system so when When we're not able to do that, and we constantly are in this kind of fight or flight mode. So if we have a stressful job, you know, eight hours a day, we have to give these big presentations. We have to, you know, uh, we're stuck in traffic behind, you know, this person who is driving ridiculously or whatever. Um, These all tend to turn on that 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 sympathetic system, that fight or flight system. So when we, again, when we go in those workouts, it's only going to bring up more of that sympathetic system if we're doing it a certain way. So, uh, at the same token, there's stuff you can do in your own workouts where you can really try to turn on more of that rest and digest parasympathetic system, which is going to be a lot better for someone that has just a lot of stress, may not be sleeping well, you know, also maybe going through, you know, trying to lose weight and, and doing a little bit of like calorie restriction that's also going to be a stressor. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to contribute to that fight-or-flight system. But we just want to be able to relax. As right. as Aaron Rodgers so eloquently once said, R-E-L-A-X. That's so, right.
1: <laughs> so the two different types, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic, it's basically about striking up a nice balance, right, in that respect?
0: Yeah, yep. And I think what we find usually in everyday life, especially because of smartphones and all the alerts that we get and a whole bunch of stuff uh that modern day life tends to put us in more of that sympathetic dominance versus having that nice balance where we can truly go to bed and not think about stuff and sleep well versus you know sleeping for a couple of hours waking up in the middle of the night thinking of a problem and then you're on again and then you check your phone and then you're on again uh I'm slippery <laughs> slope Exactly, yeah.
1: Like my friend, 21 Savage, rapped about bank account. So,
0: <laughs> yes. so
1: if we're thinking about the sympathetic and parasympathetic stressors in our life in relation to a bank account, can you break that down as to how that's an easier way of thinking about things?
0: Yeah. So the, the bank account analogy is pretty, pretty good because we just think about what you're putting in and taking out. So when we are... Um, when we're resting, when we're sleeping, when uh we're doing some active recovery work, which I know we've talked about before. Yeah. Um but when you're doing all that, you're putting you're put, it's almost like you're putting money into the bank account. Um but when you're, you know, you're so let's say you're, you're you're on a strict diet, uh you have a, a a crazy job, you're going through like intense workouts and that's all going to take away from your bank account. So what we don't want is to obviously get our bank account down to zero because then we're then we're just kind of spiraling towards some type of burnout or injury or, or whatever. So it's just making sure that we're putting enough in. So making sure we're taking in enough and the right foods, making sure we're getting plenty of sleep, we're making that a priority, making sure we're drinking enough water. And like I said, getting in some light recovery work is all going to really be be the best thing to make sure that bank account is staying as full as it could.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot because if you overdraw or overdraw, you're going to have a fee, and usually that fee is in terms of energy when it comes to humans. In real life, you get you know penalized by your bank for not having money in your account by – penalizing you more money that you don't have that doesn't make sense but
0: <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> but
1: in real life you just run out of energy and bad things happen but i do like your little reference to recovery training and i, I recently wrote an article on high performance training which i kind of borrowed from joel jameson he calls it a high performance recovery training a lot of times when i use the recovery in there people are like oh so it's you know it's going to be an easy day type of thing That's not necessarily the case because most of the time I'll use a heart rate monitor to track someone during the workout and keep them in that you know seventy percent to eighty eighty five percent max type range of heart rate. You know they're still getting a training session in, but we're not hitting that red zone or of ninety percent plus or anything. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that title of like you know like. Like Just more like high performance training is so much better because I think when people hear recovery, they just think of like, oh, so I'm just going to maybe break a sweat and uh, that's about it. And it's like, no, like you can still put in quality work. We just got to think about your heart rate in terms and and maybe change our methods a little bit. But you can still get in some quality work.
1: Yeah. You know what I've actually noticed from doing that with a lot of people is dynamic energy control and how much it lacks in just a lot of people.
0: Yes, 100%. Right. Have you seen that? <laughs> One, uh, especially, Yeah, and especially with myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where I think before, and, and like kind of just like I, liked, I talked about, when I started doing all of that, just like cardiac output type of work and, and that recovery type or high-performance training type of work, I would go much slower than I needed to go, where if I really wanted to get my heart rate at like 120, I'd be like 107, and they'd be like, "Oh God, I got to put more work into this." (laughs) Uh, But a lot of people go the other way, where they are at like 150 um, when we need them to be at like 120, Um, and they don't know how to do that volume control, where they they do that Spinal Tap thing and they always turn it up to 11. Versus being like oh maybe let 's just go to a six and let 's see how that works for us and see yeah. where we are but but yeah, and especially i mean that 's going to like like you were talking about that 's really going to help when it comes to anything conditioning we want to do, whether that 's you know uh, a race um, a snatch test, whatever it is, like having that being able to use that dial is really going to help the
1: dynamic energy control that we 're actually talking about just for anyone who who may not know it 's Kind of more or less working within a range of heart rate BPMs or percentages. If you're using a heart rate strap, I really like the MyZone heart rate straps because they they give you the option of like showing what data you want on your phone screen or maybe the monitor in the gym, and so you can really see. So if I'm on the bike for five minutes and I have to keep between 70 and 75, okay, that's your range. And then that's basically how you train dynamic energy control. Whereas someone who maybe hasn't seen where the heart rate's at, and the first time they put on a heart rate strap, like you said, they're usually going to run high and not be able to control it as well.
0: Exactly. And I think that's it's, it's such a powerful tool to, to just kind of – and it's very tempting with, like, you know having a smartphone to just, like, zone out and, and like – Look at your Instagram, Ooh, and all that type of stuff. But being able to be like, all right, I need to keep my heart rate between one hundred and twenty to one hundred and twenty-five, and you can make it like you were saying, like make it make it wider, and then like one hundred and twenty-one thirty. And as you get better at it, just being like, all right, I got to stay within this five beat range, yeah. and really focus how much effort I'm like effort I'm putting out there, and what's my energy output,
1: yeah. And as well as that, just to add in anyone who is like predominantly interval based and have done obviously a lot of up Tabata style workouts and stuff—they'll probably see a higher running heart rate when they're exercising, just because they're more inclined that way, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's just that's all they know is just like zero to max. Right. uh, We there's a lot of different places in between there. So yeah,
1: yeah. So in relation to someone who perhaps is using exercise as a stress reliever, and they're not seeing results. What is your your go to answer in this respect if someone approaches you with that comment?
0: Well, and I think it depends because some people, as far as seeing results, I think a, a fair amount of people want to see weight loss, but I think some other people want to also see strength strength gains. Or one person might prioritize one over the other. Right. But a lot of times, it just it's just kind of like. And responding with uh, a question to their question and just saying, like, all right, well, let's just talk about, like, what you're doing every every week. And usually it's probably going to be maybe a little bit too much than what they need to do, where they might just be doing a little bit too much work. And, you know, it's it's affecting their sleep. It's affecting a whole bunch of stuff. And meanwhile, if you can take a step back and look at what is my overall lifestyle? Like, how am I sleeping? How is my energy through the day? That's going to give you a lot more answers of like, all right, maybe I don't have to go absolutely hard at the gym, because maybe that's not gonna be the best thing for me. (laughs) And and more of just kind of modulating your approach. Um, Earlier today, I was speaking with someone and they were telling me how, you know, they weren't seeing results and and all all this stuff. And you know, they were like, well, you know, I try to come in here for four days a week and I, you know, I try to do two exercises for each body part each time I come in. And I was just like, dude, you we need to relax a little bit. <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Let's just let's just focus on the basics. So and that's I think that's essentially where where I would start with somebody.
1: The um, tracking of sleep and also kind of using your heart rate strap right, to see what exactly you're doing during the workouts could be a good place to start for someone who who may not know exactly how much energy they're expending during the day how how rested they are following a night's sleep and they are kind of like well I'm doing all the right things but I'm I'm not seeing any weight loss or I'm not gaining any strength there's usually some underlying conditions there if if you actually examine them closely enough right
0: yeah and and that's the thing it's like it's it's it can be really hard from even a 5 minute conversation to get a real glimpse into what what someone's you know issues might actually be um so it's just it's just trying to keep getting more information and then just keep trying to ask them ask them questions like you were saying yeah the
1: go-to is is the push 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 more is better more is better type attitude because we've, we've basically been led down that road as when it comes to work when it comes to just life in general that's kind of how the western world is set up right whereas if you have a little bit more auto regulation there and you're like, okay, how am I feeling today? Do I feel up to it? If not, I can scale it back. If I do, by all means, push it. But just having that kind of like ability to kind of assess things a little bit better, which I think comes with a little bit more experience training wise.
0: Exactly. And I, yeah, I think the big, the big key is really just, you know, consistency over intensity. Yes. Like I know. I know we've talked about yes. So, um, there was a, I had a new, new client last week and she was telling me that, that, You know, what she usually does is every three to six months, she'll go to the gym for every day for about a week, and then she stops. Wow. (laughs) So our goal is really, all right, well, let's just try two or three times a week. Let's see how we do with that, because we don't need to put in as much work as we think we do. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Consistency over intensity every time, my friend. Yep. All right. So. That was good. The exercise as a stress reliever is definitely something we hear on a regular basis and then trying to kind of get this message across is important because it can actually go against the person on the path to whatever their goal may be and so having them understand this can be a, a big step in the right direction, right?
0: Yeah, and I, I think one of the big keys is also just realizing that when we're exercising, it's only, it's only not that's not when our body actually makes actions. We need to be recovered for our body to recover <laughs> and, right. and that's when we get stronger and leaner and we make all those adaptions so just realizing that and almost like putting your eggs arranging your eggs differently rather than putting them all in the like you know let's go hard at the gym <laughs> um, because you can go out of the gym but if you're not really getting great sleep you're not eating quality food after you're not going to you're not going to really see the results you want to see so just making sure that you can rearrange things a little bit um, to make sure you're really maximizing all the effort you're putting out there
1: yeah that's that's really one of the the big missing points is that you know what you do in the gym yes you're creating a stimulus for change in your body but then you've got to follow that up with the recovery aspect yeah and we've just missed that so hard in the last decade or so whereas you know the media (laughs) (laughs) have led people to believe you know push 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 go 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 and yeah that's fine you know there's a time and a place definitely but not every time, so. yep, yep, all right, my man. This was good. Thank you very much, cool, well, thanks for having me on, man, yeah, yeah, we're up here freezing. you're down there being toasty, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: all right, guys, uh thanks to everyone listening in until next time. we'll see you soon.